Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. I don't know we say all of television, but I feel like we've had a, like a Netflix hegemony the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. We're, we're breaking it up a little bit. We got uh, one Netflix original, one Prime original. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the... Uh, the the prime original Lorena, which is a documentary, four part documentary produced by uh, Jordan Peele, uh, that looks at the Lorena Bobbitt story, the John and Lorena Bobbitt story, and finally we'll be talking about the Netflix original, uh, The Umbrella Academy, which is based on a graphic novel of the same name, and it's about a uh, team of young people that have extraordinary talents gathered by a wealthy older man in a mansion. It's it's essentially a deconstruction of the X Men, and uh, we'll be talking about that. Let's let's do um, let's start with the Umbrella Academy and let's go high level first. What yes. what did you think of the Umbrella Academy, and uh, what what what's your interest in pursuing it further? Uh, I actually liked this first episode quite a bit. I thought the the writing was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the scenario they've constructed to bring all these people back together, the way that they kind of fill in the backstory of this group of children is actually pretty well done. Yeah. Um, I never felt lost, but at the same time, I never felt like we were getting too much. We were getting just what we needed at any given time to, to really make us understand these people. So yeah, I, I thought it was a really good first episode. Uh, I agree. I kind of like, um, I'm a little bit more, I think, open to enjoying this kind of thing. Like, I'm not, I don't suffer from superhero fatigue. I, if anything, back in the day, I was an old school uh, X-Men or any kind of mutant comics from Marvel. I also minored in Spider-Man, but uh, X-Men was kind of my first comic love. So seeing something like this where I could easily imagine this is a what-if version of X-Men or, you know, what if Professor X was a slightly less warm character who cared about his his pupils um i think it's it's pretty neat and the world building's on point uh the action is surprisingly good i was kind of prepared to deal with a little bit scaled down special effects i don't know why with netflix i would think that yeah um but the concept of this show if i can really briefly outline it is sometime in the past 43 women around the world spontaneously gave birth when they were not pregnant, the day that when they woke, they essentially woke up unpregnant and then had a catastrophic pregnancy later that afternoon. They all delivered healthy children. And this wealthy eccentric went around purchasing as many children as he could. He ended up with seven, mm-hmm. six of which developed fantastic powers mm-hmm. uh, anywhere from kind of mundane uh, physical dexterity improvements all the way to essentially spatial and time travel. Yeah. Uh, one of the most powerful beings in the universe, probably. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then the other one developed the, the ability to always get carded wherever she goes. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, one of them is revealed has no powers whatsoever. She's always kind of been the, 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 the fifth wheel, third banana, third minute, second banana, third, I don't know, whatever, how, banana, whatever banana and wheel it is when you're the odd person out. Um, and this show bites Wes Anderson hard. Like there's a scene, <laughs> there is a, there, this is like the Royal Tenton and bombs version of the X-Men. And it made sense as soon as I started researching the show, this, the showrunner is Steve Blackman. Now you might not know this, 
uh, name, mm-hmm. but he was one of the head writers of the Noah Hawley show Fargo. Uh, he's also the executive producer and co-showrunner on Legion and co-showrunner on Netflix's Altered Carbon. Okay, Legion makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Legion, and I think even Fargo, like there is a lot of Wes Anderson DNA in what Holly is doing on television, and his pupil here, Steve Blackman, seems to be carrying it even further. Because like I said, this shit is Wes Anderson as fuck. And yeah. I'm not complaining because I like that aesthetic. Um, okay. Now I think we should probably talk this like maybe spoilers and like what we're really um it, it's like and also spoilers for the first episode out of ten so like this is yeah, all I don't even consider this spoilers yeah this is all stuff that's going to be part of the premise um uh, before we talk about that it's like what are we going to do with this show are we going to try to watch some more of it and talk about it more next week or I'll probably watch more of it yeah yeah I don't know if I can commit to watching the entire thing but I'm definitely going to unless this show falls off a cliff in the back Mm -hmm. half I'm definitely going to finish it Um, I am engaged yeah Um, so what do we like about this so I really liked like I said the character setup I thought was good Um, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of hooked on the mystery like who killed the dad for what reason right um and i'm also in for these superpowers like i think the superpower of the teleporting kid is actually really cool and potentially super interesting and i want to know how the world ends in eight days yeah i like uh, the how like some stuff is just like there's this giant living on the moon (laughs) why how did ben die and under what circumstances like what yeah, why did the world? I, I love the idea of the time traveling child because he is uh, got the mind of an adult and he's trapped in this like teenage boy's body. Which so that's the thing. Like when you analyze his powers, he not only has the power to jump through time, through space, but also right. time, yeah. and he must have the power to transfer his consciousness. He does to either anyone or to at least himself in in any form. I I, I mean I got that he essentially formed a older version of himself through some type of quantum fluctuation in the universe made the body and then inhabited it. Yes. That's beyond just like Nightcrawler teleporting here or there right. or even time travel. Which to me is cooler. I think it is very cool. Um, the possibilities not, are endless. And I like the fact that we're ba- we barely know everyone's special abilities. Like there's the, the one... I, I don't know any of these people's names, but there's the one lady who... Uh, is able to insinuate through a rumor to make things actually happen. Is that Allison? I think yeah, maybe that's her name, Allison. Okay, I I don't I don't know that I haven't matched the young faces with the older faces right, yet. Right, I think that's the yeah because they the the the. the um, the drug addict, uh, one of them, who I quite enjoy his character, it says something like, well, you could always do the go back to the old rumor business. And she makes this dark thing about like, well, the last time I tried that X, Y, Z happens. Mm-hmm. And you see her in her early days command the guy to shoot his friend into the foot. So, yeah, I think that's what's going on there. The the aforementioned uh, drug addict uh, is able to communicate with the dead. Yep. Which is played for laughs in an episode where their dad, their adopted stepfathers died. And also there's a scene at the end where it kind of becomes real, uh-huh. uh, where he's having this conversation with his, his, his dead uh, colleague from years back. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that character was g- going to become too much and, and maybe he will over the course of the next X episodes. Mm-hmm. But so far in episode one, I didn't find him annoying or, or i didn't find him as annoying as i found him funny right and enjoyable so good good job on that actor for keeping that part of the show lively and i'm also interested in the one guy who's still carrying on his father's legacy 
He's like still out there cracking skulls with his, oh, the big guy. with his his no 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 the guy who's actually still throwing knives and stuff around. That's oh, not, Diego, Diego, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like busting crime, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's still like fighting criminals and whatnot. It seems like everybody else has stopped doing that. But he's got that monocle at the end, which mm. is made a big deal by the big guy. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and they kind of connect the dots and say this must be the person who killed him. But I'm which not means sure. About there's that. no way because I, yeah. I think that they they definitely essentially frame Diego in episode one. There's no way he can right. be responsible just because narrative convention. Yeah. Um, and I assume that when they set up this big world ending catastrophe at the end of this episode, that one of the other 43 is probably going to be involved in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are still There's you know, be like, 36 of them out right. there. And some of them might be squibs, although I will say that, that squibs is a Harry Potter thing for people that should have magical ability, but they, you know, like, like if your mom and dad's a witcher. Okay, witch, like Ellen Page in this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you should have a special ability, but you don't. Um, odds are pretty high that she actually does have a super secret power that just hasn't manifested, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Although I guess I mean it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. Okay, because I, I guess like I say that that's what I was expecting, but then again, I guess it would be a subversion to just no, she's just a regular person. Yeah, I mean it would it would definitely be a subversion, but I have the feeling. Has Ellen Page advanced in age in fifteen years? There was maybe one scene where I saw that she has, but... She had gotten, like, maybe a a, a slight some, wrinkle in the corner of her yeah, eye. Yeah, around the eyes, maybe a little bit, but it was in poor lighting. I feel, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, Ellen Page has aged very well. <laughs> I mean, we've got the whole, like, black don't crack. Should we have, like, a, a, a sub rule page to that? Don't the page, page, page don't age. Page don't age, of course. It's right there. God damn it. She's going to... I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting, because, like, I... If this is what she's looking like in her 30s, like, yeah. I could see her looking this way in the 50s. Like, what about uh-huh. this is going to go to shit in the next decade? That's, I mean, the the, the, the curse is she's going to perpetually look like a seven, uh, 16, 17-year-old. But, right. That's, you know, that's why she gets carded everywhere. Ralph Macchio made a career out of that. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about uh, Pogo and Mom? Dude, this is the one problem I have oh, with this no! series. This, this fucking monkey butler. I what, love what are the we monkey doing? butler. What are we doing? Like, I know it's a universe. Maybe, maybe this is a little strange to say in a universe where characters are teleporting through time and projecting their consciousness into the clones of themselves. But what the fuck are we doing with a monkey butler? I mean, I'm... Was I'm it tr- one of the 43 that was spontaneously birthed? No, I think he's, <laughs> he's a result of the old man's research or whatever. The old man's research? Yeah. Into yeah. what? You Into mean, monkey? He, he's built a, an artificial intelligent life form that looks indistinguishable from a human woman. Like, those, he's doing those all two kinds fields of research. Are so wildly dead. This man is Genius. the ultimate Renaissance man. Yes. It's yeah. too much. It's too much. They did not need the monkey butler. He's like a Richard Reed sub. I am interested. And frankly, they didn't need the robot mother either. Uh, well, I, I don't, I, I am all in on the monkey man. And I also thought like, there's some really interesting lines that made me think that they're going to explore what this means. But when he says like at the old man's funeral, he's like, I literally owe everything that I am to this man. He was my master and my friend. Uh, we we don't typically in the 21st century describe anyone as masters nowadays, Uh unless you're like a sensei type of like a a, a master student relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really interested to see if they like go through with like what that means and what that relationship was like. And uh, because I think that would be interesting if you actually have a thinking uh, commentary on what 
that like uh you know like like kind of like the dude with rocket or the raccoon on guardians of the galaxy where this guy you know it's not all awesome being a freakish experiment of science and it's probably pretty lonely Mm -hmm. And what do you do when you're what the family that you've kind of known is starting to disintegrate? Um, because it seems like it's painting him and the the poor mom, Android. I think she's because like she seems like she's almost catatonic about the state of affairs. I think that's super interesting. I'm I don't glad know. It's this, in there. this to me feels like kitchen sink kind of writing where fuck it. I, this we have to distinguish ourselves from the X-Men. So I don't know. Monkey Butler. Uh, why but, not throw fucking space aliens in there too? Like they just might. put everything. We in. started off on the moon. How sure are you that we're not going to have aliens? I'm not sure, but I don't want it. Like X Men have had aliens. Like you, this is a monkey butlers. This is a, this is something you got to set up stuff to be. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is like watching Star Trek: The Next Generation and be like Android Lieutenant Commander. Come on, you know? No, like, they didn't have fucking monkey. Their pets were not turning into. Uh, anthropomorphized beings like that's not how this shit goes down i i guess i like more focus in my storytelling and this seems like just throw anything in there and let's just do it it is it's weird because i don't know how extensive this graphic novel is i don't know how many seasons of this that they've like it's clearly feels like something that might have four or five seasons worth of material and in which Mm -hmm. case i think uh, you got to establish things like the monkey man if you want to tell stories with them later, you know? My thing is don't tell stories with the monkey man. <laughs> just just take the monkey man out of yeah, it. Yeah, we could do without that or p- potentially even the robot. Uh, what did you Mom. think about... We, we talked about it a little bit, but I what did you think about the musical numbers? Like, I think they You're Alone Now fine. was it's a not lot of my fun. Thing. I think it's going to be a big part of the show. Yeah. Like yeah. a very Legion where there's a lot of dance battles and... Like I can front center that. pop culture references, and uh, the only thing I want to talk about is when did the Netflix logo start dissolving into a rainbow? Like a, a month? This is, to, how a couple I not, weeks to a month ago? How have I not noticed this? This is the first time where, like, maybe huh. it's I. I typically when I'm starting Netflix show, I'm beginning my docs document too. Mm, there so you maybe go. this is the only time I looked up and saw it. And I'm like, when did it start doing that? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's been a bit, uh, so good bet for next week that we'll on this show have some more coverage of the umbrella Academy. Uh, yeah, I will have to decide how far in we want to watch. Yeah. Uh, right. To, to guarantee that we're, you know, on the same page. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely be talking about more of that next week. Uh, anything else you want to say about the umbrella Academy, the, the pilot episode, or should we move on to Lorena Lorena? Uh, let's move on. Hey, before we get too much further in discussion of the two shows, uh, I wanted to talk about some housekeeping. Uh, we are wrapping up, rapidly wrapping up our True Detective coverage of season three, which has been really good. We got two more episodes to go. We'll be covering those over the next few weeks. Um, so if you didn't know that we were back and doing True Detective, now you know. Check that out. We're having a lot of fun with it. It's been really active on the Bald Movies feed. You, We saw Lego Movie 2. The second part, I think, is what's called last week. This week, we saw Alita Battle Angel. We also saw a Netflix original, High Flying Bird, which is a really interesting look at the economics of what's essentially a look at like uh, the struggle between labor and management as seen through the prism of a basketball players union negotiation. And it's really well done. Uh, Steven Soderbergh uh, shot it all on an iPhone uh, and it's got a lot of big names. I think you guys will like it. That's in the Bald Movies feed. You can enjoy all that stuff right now. Uh, also, I want to say just um, 
take the time out to thank everyone that stopped by and supported our 24-hour Star Wars marathon we did last weekend. We raised uh, over $15,000 for the National Alliance in homelessness, probably be just over 16000 by the time we add up all of the subs and the bit donations we got. Uh, we got a, tweet, a Twitter shout-out from Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, which we were both over the moon about. Uh, we are going to have a wrap-up podcast later next week. Um, I wasn't able to get with the National Alliance people uh, in time to get one out this week, but we'll have a wrap-up where Jim and I talk about kind of highlights and our experiences, and we're going to talk about the charity, the National Alliance in Homelessness, and their mission and what they're doing with our money uh, next week. So that'll be interesting. Also, it's not too late. I've gotten a lot of uh, people asking um, if you want to donate, it's still possible. If you go to groundhog.baldmove.com, there's a link where you can donate to make that final tally bigger. And um, as long as we get that before probably the wrap-up podcast, we'll just add that to the total to send to the National Alliance. So um, I'm very proud of the community we've built and how generous everybody was and how much fun we had, how much support. Uh, there's several people um, that like were there for almost the entire 24 hours, if not the entire 24 hours. Um, there's a lot of like, like encouragement, uh, um, and it just, it, it, as hard as it is to stay up for 24 hours and do anything, um, the bald move community made it, made it as easy as it can by keeping us engaged and keeping us supported. So it's a great time. Check out groundhog.baldmove.com. We also have a link to the Twitch archive where you can actually go and see all 24 hours if you wanted to, if you just wanted to watch the last, uh, the last Jedi part of it where Mark Hamill gave us a shout out, that would be a. Uh, cool too but thanks again we'll be back next year do it even bigger and better and uh again uh thanks so much hey i want to talk about the club a little bit club.baldmove.com uh that's the primary way we get support here for this independent podcast of bald move um it, you get a lot of great features like right now we talked about in the housekeeping section how active the movie feed's been all those first run bald movies um only the spoiler-free review is free. If you want to hear our spoiler takes on these uh, topics, you have to be a club member. Uh, there's a lot of other compelling reasons. Ad-free feeds, VIP access to forums, uh, extra bonus video and audio content. You can you can see most of those features if you just go to the club.baldmove.com. You can, you can see a lot, all the descriptions and samples of the content, and you can try the club for free 30 days risk-free just by signing up for an account at club.baldmove.com. Moving on to Lorena. Uh, so this is the first of four-part documentary about this thing that happened in the mid-90s where a woman uh, who uh, a woman just burst onto the scene, uh, cut off her husband's penis, threw you can't it into... can't say penis uh, on, in public. You this... have to say ding-a-ling. Yeah. Uh, Ding-dong is acceptable. There are lots of jokes, as you can tell, were made about this, and it might have... And, man, I was looking at the comment sections for places that were, like, talking about this, and this still seems very sharply divided. Like, there was a... A lot of you know, a lot of people angry that she's being treated as the victim here. Um, I thought the first episode was a little bit, really leans heavily into just the absurdity and how the just a completely juvenile way this was treated by lawyers, doctors, <laughs> cops, po- cops yeah. firemen, journalists, like everyone, like no one could get past the herder. This lady cut off a man's penis kind of kind of kind of argument. And that's that's kind of it takes us through because uh, John was put on trial first because she alleged that the reason she cut off her husband's penis 
because you know normally women don't just do crazy things like that yeah uh is because that there is a constant uh abuse and marital rape uh that this guy gets acquitted of in this episode mm-hmm. setting up her trial um yeah and I didn't... they describe his trial as sort of a dry run for the yeah a trial run for the actual big trial which right. is going to be the and it was a trial. defense strategy to have it first so they could see because you know she's going to be put on trial for uh i think grievously wounding someone is yeah. like what the official charge was which yeah cutting off a person's dick is i would say is a grievous wound um yeah i don't i don't i don't really like to ascribe to the tit for tat uh sort of justice system so like chopping a dick off is is bad yeah in any context uh but you know marital rape and abuse is bad in any context as well yeah i I don't i don't so i was like nine years old or something when this whole thing was going down my parents 14 or 15 they would not let me near this at all but i mean of course it it bleeds in through you know it, it just permeates society and i knew about the dick chopping and it was a constant joke. So I sort of feel like they're going through the arc. Like they interview, yeah. they interview um, a couple of neighbors and th- there's this guy on like an oxygen uh, machine. And right. he says like my first reaction, I just fucking laughed out loud. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, a guy got his dick chopped off. That's mm-hmm. the funniest thing I've ever heard. Right. And to nine year old me, that's the reaction I had. It seems like to most people, that's the reaction they had mm-hmm. is either one, a, repulsion and like this visceral gut feeling which yeah. i also felt yeah, yeah every yeah. time they they described it i was oh just, they show oh, it oh no they show yeah. the severed dick on several occasions which was oh, somewhat yeah. surprising i don't know why because you can show you can show anything but yeah no so i feel like they're going through kind of the arc as it took place and so the initial reaction and the initial coverage being ha 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 dick mm-hmm. chop yeah uh, is probably good, and I hope we move past that in this next episode. Yeah. Well, I think it's because, so, I, uh, to be honest, put all my cards on the table, I don't know the facts of this case. I don't um, either. I'm guessing, since it's being made nowadays, that what the point of this is going to be is that there's so much sensationalization about the, the dick being cut off. Yeah. And, you know, media in this time was very male-dominated, and, like, the Me Too movement was not a glimmer in anyone's eye, is that the the tragedy is this woman who went through hellish conditions was essentially made a butt of a joke. It's also possible that, you know, the the opposite is true, is that, like, that that she maybe was disturbed, and she went off uh, the deep end and cut this guy's penis off, and, you know, she is... and that would be offensive, I guess, because, you know, she's she's made out to be a victim and she's really the aggressor. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know which in this this episode itself does feel like uh, it's kind of playing neutral and keeping that kind of um, mystery alive. Uh, yeah. Although it did do, I think, a good job of setting the societal stage. Like mm-hmm. this was a contemporary of the Anita Hill hearings yeah. where a woman made a credible uh, accusation of this guy behaving boorishly and sexually uh, harassing people at work. And everyone is essentially like, well, we don't believe you. And mm-hmm. we're going to do it was also during the tailhook scandal, which, if you recall, involved, I think, 100 naval a- uh, aviators sexually assaulting and or and or raping something like 78 women over the course of like a weekend conference convention thing. Jesus. Uh, And how almost nothing like nothing was done to the men that uh, a part of that investigation. They're painting this picture. The fact that like the first battered women's shelter had opened um, and they had like this, uh, the, the, like 
see Everett Scott, the old uh, Surgeon General, talking about how you know spousal abuse is the number one cause of injury to women, and it's like this major thing that no one takes seriously. So like I feel like it's going towards like Lorena Bobbitt is an unfortunate person who existed in this system where no one took her seriously and she lashed out and, and, and tried to protect herself in this crazy outlandish way. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I do know that I had a visceral dislike of so many of the people involved in here. Like <laughs> this guy, this, the this, this of police John? officer who wouldn't touch a dick. Oh my, yeah. Like what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like in a sane world that would you, everyone would make fun of what a pussy this guy's being like with gloves on you won't touch another man's severed penis that's that's part of an active crime investigation yeah what the hell is wrong with you no that that was ridiculous uh the the brothers of john bobbitt seem like they might oh, be yeah. assholes yeah that these guys are essentially uh, like i'd roam in the streets looking for someone to kill which the, uh yeah. is kind of in the news <laughs> recently yeah. Uh, yeah, not a good look on, uh-huh. on any occasion. Yeah, you just go on a one want to go and, and find somebody and kill them. Um, yeah. I mean, there are some things that are pretty funny. Like, the one thing that is funny is uh, they, they find this, this severed penis outside of a 7-Eleven, and they go in and they get, like, a Slurpee cup full, full of ice, wrap the penis in a hot dog warming container. Uh-huh. I mean, that's pretty fucking funny yeah like just from an improvisation improvisational first aid thing and i guess so so she cut this guy's dick off and he Uh was so drunk and or tired here's the other thing here's the first my problem this story he says he's so tired that he essentially like it took him a while to wake up to the fact that his penis was severed uh he seems like he was actually like i don't believe this guy had two beers and a cocktail I believe he was probably really drunk. I could believe that he maybe thought he was dreaming. Really? Which is one of the things. Yeah, I've had dreams that I've woken up from that I spend five minutes realizing were, were not actually happening. But was your state where you, like, was your dick cut off and you were spurting blood everywhere? Like, that's where... No, but it, it took me a while to shake myself out of a dream. I could imagine the opposite hmm. could be true. To maybe. wake up thinking this reality you're in is is actually a dream because it's so fucking beyond the pale right um i could see that yeah maybe i it's like i don't i i, I don't i don't know we have to see because they also i didn't think they did a very good job covering his trial no uh, i think it the, was like the fit- first episode is a little jumbled like yeah tonally it's weird like they bounce between the very serious reporting and court case and these jokes and they they just kind of bounce all over the place it's also weird that both Lorena and John them both are they're interviewing them separately and they're both kind of joking about it too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I guess twenty years on, twenty five years on, what are you going to do? How did you feel when it was suddenly Jehovah's Witness? I saw those awakes and I was I like, freaked oh the my fuck out. God, I fr- I remember Blast those awakes. Past, yeah, I placed those awakes with people, uh, and I'm like, are they going to try to like? I don't I mean I think that's that's interesting the fact that she was uh that that a Jehovah's Witness dropped those particular things off I don't know whether she's return visit or whether mm-hmm. you know it's and it's an odd thing to drop those two particular pamphlets off if you're not familiar the awake magazines are Jehovah's Witness advertising material essentially yeah. that they give to people when they go out in field service and they knock on your door 
and you express any kind of interest, they'll and, leave and those And the wake you. is more of like a general interest. Like yeah. it always is about God and his kingdom, but like it's, it's more of about science and current events where the watchtower is much more, yeah. this is doctrinal things. Uh-huh. Uh, so these are these two uh, articles about marital rape and uh, domestic abuse. What, and I thought there's also interesting setting the societal stage is like in at, at, in currently in Virginia uh, in the 90s, marital rape was defined as first of all, there's not a lot of states that had marital rape definitions like there's many, many over half of the states. Like if you had sex with a woman who you were married to against her will in any circumstance, it was. Yeah. It was you. You could be raped because you can't essentially rape your wife. Yeah, I mean, I mean, aside from a dick chop, that was maybe the most fucked up thing in this whole episode. And even Virginia, who had the forethought to put a marital rape law on the books, you had to fulfill two conditions. Number one, be physically separated at the time of the <laughs> sex. So if you were living with your husband, he came home drank drunkenly and wanted to force himself on you, then that was cool. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you had to do grievous and permanent damage in the sexual assault, yeah, uh, which is an incredibly high barrier to be found guilty. So even though like any you, you, all those states are like, OK, about 20, 25 of them have marital rape laws. If the majority of them were like this, then how what kind of teeth did they have at all? Right. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that kind of historical perspective. It just it's, it's weird that I felt like the documentary itself was. Uh, engaging in a lot of uh, like finding the humor in the situation and kind of making it to a joke, covering the fact it was kind of a joke and also trying to make it seem like, well, uh, the documentary is not going to have an opinion just yet on who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. I, that was the, that I, I felt like the, the, the documentary hasn't even got its thesis out yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm mostly with you. Uh, I, I do feel you know, kind of like you said earlier, that this is going to lean a direction. Sure, it has to. Um, and I think it's going to be sort of in favor of the the abuse and marital rape uh, being the 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 bigger, scarier thing societally. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's noteworthy that chopping off a man's dick was noteworthy. Sure, right. Because so something it's something that happens every day. Right. It's something that men don't have to deal with on a daily basis. Whereas women, uh, even today, even 25 years after this mm-hmm. happened, are still dealing with the very same issues. Right. Uh, in, at the, in the very same frequencies. Yes. So the bigger problem here is pretty obvious. Right. And I think the documentary is going to lean in toward that. Um, I think it's also the other thing is like that this just kept... It's kind of like so like if if John's penis was not able to be successfully reattached and he just was like no penis man, Uh I wonder like if this would have died down because it's almost like I remember that like it was like a fascination that people like wanted to see pictures of it. He actually had a brief Mm -hmm. porn career uh, where like, you know, there's this sister's like, you know, what does this dick look like? Does it still work? Does it do this? Like it kept on perpetuating yeah. itself it never like it, it the story kept on getting more and more bizarre because honestly if you'd asked me in the 1990s if you could get a pe- penis severed if a woman could take it outside drive x amount of distance away throw it out into the the air into a field <laughs> to a parking lot essentially in and have it found hours later unrefrigerated i'd be like there's absolutely no way that penis is ever going to function yeah apparently it does yeah, the the microsurgeon, the urologist, they've wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. 
Modern yeah. medicine, y'all. <laughs> I guess if if, if uh, my dick is ever severed, I want to find this guy, get him out of retirement because yeah. he he did a he did a hell of a job. Do you think he's still like? Do you think he's ever done a, a penis reattachment since? I don't think that penises typically get de- detached very often. <laughs> yeah. And especially in kind of like I could see like if, if like a penis gets ripped or crushed off in some kind right. of freak industrial accident, but then you're not reattaching anything. No, it's hamburger. Yeah, like the the um I don't know, it'd be it it uh it's it kind of raises the exciting possibility of a dick transplant. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you wanted yeah, to I just want a, a fucking you want a cadaver dick because you're not satisfied with your own. You want yeah. to try that out. Like I feel like that would absolutely work because under not optimal conditions. Yeah, I mean you'd have to worry about the body rejecting the the donor <laughs> penis. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but if you had the uh, you know if like somebody did get grizzled in some kind of industrial accident or war, I guess like this also happens. You know, there's there's a couple notable cases in the uh-huh. different um, you know uh, Middle Eastern wars we've been in where guys have gotten their 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 bit shot off. Like uh, cadaver dick would be an interesting. Like, you know, you hear that, like, uh, you see those commercials where it's like, my son helped nine other people live. And yeah. it talks about, like, Gave the old lady. Yeah, heart. Yeah, got cataracts, and he did lungs and heart, and then there's, like, some... <laughs> my body helped one guy fuck. Yeah, there's some some, <laughs> some kind of, like, shy, embarrassed-looking dude with his thumbs up and an uncertain look on his face in the corner, like... <laughs> Tommy gave me his dick so that I can fuck. Um, I mean, this is it's, it's like this is all serious, but like, what the hell? Know, How do you I not know. make jokes about it? You can't not because I'm still that nine year old. Yeah, I'm still that fucking nine year old. It's like that Rick, like Rick and Morty said, like we are obsessed with making dick jokes. Like they're uh-huh. funny when they're big, they're funny when they're small, they're funny when they're detached. It's like, yeah. So I I'm going to get I to me. Um, I guess I'm already, I, the, the, I feel like a little bit, if, if it's going to the, I would be, if it's going to the route that like Lorena Bobbitt was a victim of marital rape and abuse and I'm already on board with like, okay, that's terrible. And she's at least somewhat justified and at least certainly understood. I think if I remember correctly, she was found guilty, but by reason of ins- temporary insanity. So essentially... She had like a a couple months psych hold, and then she was released, and he was found okay. not guilty. So like there was no real legal cover, uh, and and I, I feel like I already am pretty well versed in the current state of like female and male relationships. So I gotta see this. I gotta see this this next episode really pick it up before because I think that otherwise it's just not going to be interesting enough to hold my my attention. Yeah, I'm looking at this more as like filling in my blanks on something that happened in my lifetime mm. uh kind of like i did with american crime story OJ, yeah, 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 where that was probably more heavily fictionalized yeah but you know it kind of filled in my knowledge on just the issues swirling around the case i think this is another one where i was just slightly too young to to appreciate the the full magnitude of it and i'm kind of interested in it from that angle mm-hmm. let me ask you this does how do you feel about this whole situation if the defense had said, yeah, go ahead and bring the cameras into the court? What what happens How does that then? change things, I guess? It, like, does it make the story bigger? Does it... Because it would have shined a much bigger spotlight, right? To have actual footage as opposed to these fucking court drawings. That, it was already pretty... Like, I remember... I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, how much bigger could it have been? Would uh, it have been? And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm actually 
thinking it's probably would have been negative. Uh, the other thing I remember, I don't know. I, I have no idea how to answer that. Okay. <laughs> One thing I thought was interesting, um, because, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, you can say a lot of things about them, but one of the things you can say is that it's very patriarchal organization. Um, like it's on, like, I don't know if it still happens probably cause what the hell would change them. But like, it was on the reg where elders would get up and make extremely patronizing statements about their wives relationships and how they treat them and how, mm-hmm. you know, oh, what do you got to do with women? Sometimes you just got to, um, and I remember there was like a little bit of a civil war, at least in the rural congregation I went to, where I think the men were just like, can you even believe this shit? And we've got like, you know, they, they didn't need to see any facts. This was just like terrible. Right. And like, I remember there was definitely some women being like, I kind of understand where this lady's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the case of society at large. Just, um, you know, I was older than you, but still not fully adult. Mm-hmm. And I just observed a lot of like, um, felt like the facts of people's per- personal experience. And I also know f- uh, from from my own experience that there was there's no shortage of domestic abuse within witness families. Uh, and there's a lot of those poor sisters living quiet lives of desperation with really shitty men. Um, and I felt like there was a little bit of like a big disconnect where a lot of these women were like, yeah, I could see being in a situation where I would do that. And like the men kind of being horrified to learn this about the women uh-huh. that you were, did you were probably way too young to get any of that. Oh, yeah. being picked. But yeah. I remember cause I was, um, uh, I, uh, did like field service conversations got really awkward <laughs> and stilted sometimes, uh-huh. you know? Especially if you got a single sister that was kind of relatively younger with a, like a 45, 50-year-old elder that was like spouting off. Like it, there was some interesting barn-burning conversations. And I wish <laughs> I wish I could have participated in larger society to see what it was like. But I guess that's what this, this documentary is for. Yeah. Um, do Is there anything else we want to talk about? Oh, John fucking Bobbitt has the white leather version of your bald move couch. Did you notice that? It's the exact yeah. same thing. I couldn't help but notice the bachelor pad style living conditions of both of them actually. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, the the white couch it's it's very very similar. Yeah, I wonder color. how this guy's life turned out cuz it was interesting that one of the lawyer's defenses of him was he's literally too stupid to lie. <laughs> Well, the lawyer said he was too stupid to tell the truth well, and yeah, then that realized, was, oops, yeah. I fucked up. Uh, but th- that was an actual argument. This guy's too simple to yeah. even construct a fictional narrative, which I feel like in just this episode alone that he had like three different explanations for what happened that night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she tried, but I wasn't into it and I fell asleep and, uh, oh, we had consensual sex or we weren't having sex. Like... Uh, if that's what is that? If you tell three different versions of the truth, is that not a lie? Yeah, no, it, it has to be. So I think just on the evidence I've seen in my own two eyes within the one hour that I've seen that this guy's sophisticated enough to construct a narrative. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. We'll we, we'll we'll see. Um, I'm really curious to see how this next episode goes. Uh, so because that, that to me is going to tell is going to say whether I'm going to finish the thing and have more to say about it. But um, okay. Anything else you want to talk about? No. All right. So that's that's Lorena. That's Umbrella Academy. We'll be back next week with some more thoughts on probably both of those. Also, a fresh crop of new shows that, that we'll be talking about. Uh, stay tuned for that and also our Bald Movies feed. And don't forget, we're also tra- talking True Detective. 
Uh, we'll be back next week for another Bald Move TV. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.